This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good evening. Good to see you again. Bless all of you. Glad you made it out here on a Wednesday night. We'll believe God will touch you if he hadn't already. If you're watching by live stream, we're glad to have you. If you need a Bible, get your hand up and our ushers would put the sword of the spirit which is the word of God in your hand, then go with me to the book of Acts 20. We'll receive our tithes and our friends again. Just a couple things to highlight again. You need to get signed up for the ladies' retreat or the price is getting ready to go up. So make yourself available to that. There'll be info at the info table tonight. And then again, these, these connect groups start this Sunday. And I encourage you to go. You know, the only way wisdom comes to people is through the hearing of the word of God and hearing the people's life's experience. But wisdom won't happen if you, you turn your ears to the things of God. It just doesn't automatically take place. So open yourself up to that. They are really, really good groups. And so I really encourage you to get involved in that. Okay, we're going to the book of Acts chapter 20. Verse 35, just one little verse in here. It says... I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than receive. And so what happens when we begin to do what the Lord Jesus said, this indicates that we take on the character of Jesus. And and I highlight here, Jesus is the one who said it's more blessed to give than receive. And he didn't say this would be natural. He didn't say this would be easy, but he did say you would be blessed when you step out and do that. And that's not always easy to do those things, but something happens when I begin to obey the scriptures on that. So I like to say it this way. God desires that you and me be the conduit of blessings, not the cul-de-sac. That it just continues to flow out of us. It doesn't get stopped just at my house. It doesn't get stopped just at your house. So years back, I mean, this is 40 years ago, I'm off to Bible school, and the Bible school I went to, they wanted everybody to look as nice as you can every day. And just to practice for the ministry. Well, the problem with that is I didn't have a lot of nice things. But I did the best I could. And so, man, the first day, in the first week, we go strolling in the Bible school. I mean, people are styling, smiling, and profiling, but this guy. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, I look like a Raggedy Ann or Raggedy Andy. And I had another buddy who was going to Bible school. He was the same way. He didn't have nothing either. And so I said, Lord, I... I'm going to ask you to bless me. Bless me with some suits and some ties. And so about three weeks into the school year, this guy out of the blue says, what size of a a suit jacket do you wear? And I said, I don't have a clue. I've never owned one. And he said, well, you look about my size. He said, I'm going to come see you. So he showed up that night and he gave me three suits Three of them, and man, I, I mean, I'm on cloud nine. I'm like, oh, this is so, so good, God. And so there was one of those suits that I really, really liked. 
I mean, I had in my mind, I'm going to wear that one tomorrow. But the Lord began to impress on me every time I would pick it up that my buddy didn't have a suit, that that was his. Well, I got in a little tug-of-war match with God that night, and I said, I'm not giving that to him. I like that suit, God. <laughs> I've never had one. I, like, I don't want to give it to him. But as the night went on, man, the Lord just kept on it. So I finally realized, you know what? This one isn't mine. So I went down, knocked on his door, and I said, here. So the next day, I go into school, and I look, and there he is. And I mean, he's so lit up. He's so excited. So over the years, even in the area of a suit, God had always blessed me. Just amazing what God would do. Just, just something as little as a suit. Now remember this, you reap what you sow. So when you sow see a suits, guess what you're going to reap? So I begin to realize, you know what? I'm, I'm just a conduit. I get them and I just give them to someone else. So I'm always looking. So there was a day that I had a guy look at me and he said, I've got a special suit that I'm supposed to give you. And I said, okay. And so I looked at it. Now, if you've never, if you've never been into suits, you probably won't understand this. But the cat daddy of all the suits is a brand to me called Hickey Freeman. What'd you say? Hickey. Kind of like those things on your neck when you're young. Freeman. So the guy gives me this suit. And I look and I open it up there. And I see it and it says, Hickey Freeman. And I was like, oh, Jesus, you're so good. You're so, so good. So good. So I'm wearing a Hickey Freeman. And I'm in here on a Sunday morning. Now, this is a couple years back. And there was a group of young ones that were in our church ministering. And I watched them all morning long. And they just loved Jesus. And they were into it. And they were all sitting right there. There were about eight young men. And all of them were dressed really, really nice. But one of them, he wasn't dressed nice. And you know what I realized? That was me a number of years ago at the Bible school. It wasn't that he didn't want to dress. He just didn't have anything. So after the service, I said, come here, buddy. And he came up here and I said, you're about my size. And I said, try this on. Well, I put that Hickey Freeman on him. And I said, how's that, how's that feel on you? And he said, it feels good. And I said, you know what? It actually looks better on you than it looks on me. I said, it's yours. It's yours. Now, we ran into some problems. Thank God for the faith clause. I didn't have nothing to wear home. So I just gave him my pants. I gave him everything I had. So you know what happens? A few minutes later, he's got a buddy who comes in, and they come back. And the buddy said, Pastor. And I said, what? He goes, you gave him a Hickey Freeman. And I said, he's worthy. He's good for it. Why do I tell you this? Whatever we sow, whatever you sow. And you know what I found out? You can't outgive God. <laughs> I'm telling you, this stuff works when you're just like, okay, Father God, here. Well, why am I telling you that? Well, get ready. You're going to have to start giving away. So don't give away your underwear, okay? Just give away some good things, all right? You know, the good things. All right, let's pray. Father God, we love you. We honor you tonight, Lord. I, I pray this in here over all of us, your grace in this area. That we're more blessed to give than receive. 
And Father God, use us as your distribution center for whatever in life that you want us to give in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You said, man, you took a long time doing that. Well, I think this is important sometimes. You want, you want to make your giving life an adventure? Start obeying this and watch what will begin to happen. All right. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 3. I'm going to talk a little bit about faith here again on Wednesday night. And sometimes people ask me, how long are you going to go on that? I don't know. I was on it for three years one time, so I don't know. We'll just keep going and as long as the Lord keeps putting stuff on my heart. And so, you know, we'd been in the area where the disciples were on the lake and remember the storms came up and many times we have the thought, you're going to 1 Corinthians 3, many times we have the thought, when the storms of my life show up, we have a thought immediately, I've, obeyed, I, I've disobeyed, I've gotten into sin. But remember in that passage, the storms of life didn't show up because they were in sin. The storms of life actually showed up because they obeyed what Jesus said. So when I think about the storms, Jesus said in John 16, 33, you're going to experience some things in life. But could the storms of life that I'm going through, could, could they help me realign my priorities? Could the storms I'm going through in life, could they reveal the level of my faith? Could, could this be a season that God's just wanting to develop my faith? And so when I, I read all these things, I, I begin to think, you know, there can be different versions of me, different versions of you. And what I mean by that, you can come in here on a Wednesday night, you can get your faith stirred, you can come in here and shout and dance and get all excited about the things of God. But Monday comes around, or Thursday in this sense comes around, and you, you take off that stirring of your faith and you put on doubt and unbelief. And instead of shouting and being excited about the things of God, you begin to change. And, and I find ourselves that I procrastinate. And I quit doing the things I, I know to do. And so could the storms of life be with the Lord saying, you got to pick up the pace a little bit. You got to fight the good fight of faith. You got to go a little deeper. So we begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Start with me here in verse 5. Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But they are ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one. Now, they were servants. Paul was a servant, and so was Apollos. They were servants of the Most High. But it's interesting that he said, as the Lord gave to each one. Now, what you're going to find out if I get there tonight, God's given every one of us something. Every one of us. Maybe it's, it's, it's five talents. Maybe it's two talents. Maybe it's one talent. But I cannot find anywhere in the scriptures where God says, I didn't give him anything. So it says here, as God gave them, as the Lord gave to each one. Verse six, Paul said, I planted, but Apollos watered. I planted, but Apollos is the one who cared for it. And this is talking about a church, but I'm going to use it in our everyday life. 
And he said, but God gave the increase. And so Paul and Apollos, they had nothing to boast about since God gave them the increase. So literally what we see right here is God just works through me and you. But I'm not the one that answers prayers. I'm not the one. God's the only one can give increase. But I highlight here, Paul said, I planted, but Apollos watered. So they did something. Verse 7, so then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters is anything. They're not anything special. They're just instruments of righteousness. But he says again, but it is God who gives the increase. We pray. We look to God. We call on the name of Jesus. But not one of us in here can answer prayer. Not one of us in here are responsible for miracles. It's just God. And so something happens when I begin just to, oh, Father God, I give you glory. I give you glory for everything you're doing in my life. And one of the reasons that's important, it keeps us with the robe of humility. Because sometimes Christians even get very arrogant and they have the thought, look what I've done. Well, you didn't do anything. You're not that special. God's the one who gives the increase. Verse 8. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. You know what that means? We're all equal. None of us are the creator. We're all the creation. And each one will receive his own reward. Now again, I highlight some plant, some water. And it's interesting, he said something right here. But each one will receive his own reward, the very things he's done, according to what? According to his own labor, according to his hard work. But God gets all the glory. So I go back to this and I begin to think the journey of the seed. Now, if we had time, which we don't, we'd go to Luke 8, which talks about the parable of the sower. And the seed that he sowed was the word of God. The seed in the Bible is always the word of God. So the journey of a seed, it's got to first be planted, right? And when it's planted, it goes underground, or more so, it goes into my heart where no one sees it. But as long as that seed is cared for and it's watered day by day by day, that seed ultimately will bear fruit. But it takes a daily discipline. I got to stay with it until it's full grown. But I must endure the process. And so I'm kind of a jackleg gardener. I start out with four tomato plants and four green chili plants. And they've taken over my backyard with this rain. But when I first got them in the ground, you didn't see nothing. 
but I kept watering it. And before long, this little sprout started coming through the ground. And when I saw that little sprout coming through the ground, I got excited. See, that, that might, that's got to be how our faith is. It's got to become excited because when I saw that sprout come through, you know what that meant? Ooh, my expectation took off. I knew the day's coming. The day's, and those plants started getting bigger. And before long, I had blossoms on them. Uh, on the, the green chili, it was white blossoms. On the tomatoes, it was yellow. Now, I'm a very adventurous farmer. I, I have this thought that the day's coming where I plant some of my green chili right in the midst of my tomatoes. And so my goal is they cross-pollinate and I get tomato chilies. How's that working for you? Well, I don't, I don't know if it's working great yet, but we're still experimenting. Anyhow, anyhow. And so just because I didn't see anything take place at first, I didn't give up on the seed. After a week, I didn't go out there and rake it up and say, stupid seeds, they didn't do anything. No, we understand the process of, of growing a tomato plant. We all understand there's seasons in the making to do that. It doesn't happen overnight. But when it comes to the things of God, we give up way too easy. We're not persistent. We don't hold fast to the word of God. And, and not only hold fast to it, have an expectation on it. I mean, woo, I'm, I'm seeing the shoot come up. I got blossoms. I got blossoms all over the word of God. And when you start getting blossoms, guess what that means? You're getting ready to have some fruit. It's going to take place. So you got you to stay with the word of God. Stay with it. Now, I want you to listen to this real close. I saw this last week. L listen to this. This is incredible. The person who reads God's word four times in a week he is 30% or she is 30% likely, less likely to feel lonely. Those who read the word of God four times a week are 32% less likely to be angry. 40% less likely to live with bitterness. 57% less likely to suffer alcoholism. 55% less likely to get into pornography. 60% less likely to become spiritual stagnant. You know why I just read that? Because I don't want you or me to underestimate the power of God's word. The power of God's word will always fulfill the promise of the word if we'll just stay with it. Well, how long I got to stay with it until you got some big red cherry tomatoes on the plant? Stay with it. The power of the word of God. See, I say that because there's some of you in here right now. You, you have that ATM mentality. You know, I, I spoke the word for a day and nothing happened. I've been speaking the word for a week. Nothing happened. Stay with it. Stay with it. Go with me to the book of James, chapter number two. James chapter two. Again, don't procrastinate with the word of God. Don't do what's easy with the word of God. Don't take shortcuts with the word of God. Just stay with the word of God. And you know what I found out in this world we live in right now? 
Many, many Christians, we want a prophetic word, but we don't want to do the prophetic work. All I need is a word. Just, just, just give me a word. Just give me a word. But you're going to see some things in these passages here tonight that I need more than just a word. I got to stay with it, okay? James chapter 2, verse 17. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. Faith that doesn't involve an action is phony. Now this is getting ready to get real interesting because when I studied this, this is one of the most difficult passages in the entire New Testament to translate right here. It's almost like it's saying, I've got to do something. But when I read this right here, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works is dead, then my faith must be active. It doesn't just hear the promise and then just kick back and say, well, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. Verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. So my works show the genuineness of what I profess. Let me give you an illustration. We've been on Peter walking on the water. So Peter says to Jesus, he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come and walk on the water. And Jesus says, come. Well, what would we think if Peter looked at him when he said that and says, you know, I believe everything you say in Jesus, but I think I'm just going to have a, a latte and kick back and watch what happens. And if you want me to walk on the water, then I'll just let you shove me out. And I think sometimes with the things of God, that's how we've acted. That it's God's deal, but I play a part in it. I must play. Think about this with the man of God named Gideon. God shows up to Gideon and says, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon's looking around like, who in the crowd are you talking about? And if you remember the passage, I believe it's Judges 6, he said in there, he said, but Lord, my family is the weakest in all the tribes of Israel, and in my family, I'm the least. But yet he did something. Yet he did something. Think about Moses. When God told him, you, you got to go and talk to the Pharaoh. He said, but I stutter. But God said, I'll be with you. And so what did he do? He had to go and do that. One of the best analogies I can give you on this is, is the harlot Rahab. Remember the Lord said to her, if, if you don't have that scarlet cord hanging out of your window, then you're all going to be wiped out. And so what would have happened if Rahab didn't put the scarlet cord out? She had to actually do something. And I believe this is what James is telling us. Yeah, I'm going to believe God. But I have a part. Keep reading. You believe that there is one God? Do you? I believe there's one God, but look at this. You do well. But even the demons believe and tremble. Yeah. 
Do you know the devil and the demons, they understand who God is. They understand who the Lord Jesus is. The only difference between what that was just written and me and you, they don't obey. They don't obey the word of God. Verse 20. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Better stated, it's useless. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? So again, God said to him, he said, you're, you're going to have to show me the genuineness of your faith. And so what would have happened if Abraham said, I believe everything you're saying, but he never did what God told him to do. So again, he's showing us here. You got to put a little walkie-walkie with your talkie-talkie. I, I got to step out and I got to believe God. Keep reading here with me. Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by his works, faith was made perfect or complete. It collaborated together. Faith is both spiritual and it is practical. But I got to obey him. Look at the end of this in verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Faith without an expression is dead. So I mean, I gotta stay with the things of God. Not only to believe God, I, I act on God's work. So I'm thinking all this as I'm going through this and one of the great analogies that I believe is easy for every one of us to understand is God tells us he wants to bless us. God tells us he wants to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you that there will not be room enough for you to receive. He said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake and the fruit of your ground shall not return barren. Now what I just quoted was Malachi 3. Malachi 3.10. God wants to bless me, right? He does. Oh Lord, I, I welcome your blessing. But if I don't obey and give God the tithe or my offer, it's never going to happen, even though I believe God wants me to be blessed. So guess what just took place? Faith without corresponding actions is dead. Got to get on that water. Walk on the water. Now, I got one passage I'm going to try to get to. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. You know what I believe? Man, we got to embrace the process. So we go to a lot of the things I've already said, and the Word of God is going to answer some questions here if I can get to it. Matthew 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven, I like the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants, and he delivered his goods to them. He assigned his goods to who? His servants. So to be a servant in the kingdom of God, I must be born again. To be born again, I'm a child of God. Verse 15. And to one he gave. I want you to pick up on this, okay? To one he gave. God gave. God's the giver. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. 
to each one according to his own ability or potential, and immediately he went on a journey. He gave each one what they could handle. The Passion Translation says, the ability to manage. So if God gave you five, or God gave you two, or God gave you one, you know what he did with that? He just overruled the excuse, I'm overwhelmed, it's too much. But God wouldn't give you more than you couldn't handle. And so if he gave you whether five gave you two or one, he gave you the means to accomplish this. So you know what that means? I can't have lazy faith. I can't be lazy. So we keep reading here. And we see again that he gave every one of them something. Then he had received the five talents, went, and he traded. Went. You know what that means? He did something. When God gave him those five talents, he just didn't kick back. He went and he traded. He did something with the things that God gave him. And he went and traded with them, and he made five more talents. He doubled. And likewise, the one who had received two gained two more, but he had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. He didn't do nothing. Mm. Verse 19. After a long time, the Lord of those servants went and came and settled accounts with men. He came and brought five other talents and said, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. I've gained five more talents besides them. Now look at the Lord's response here. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. If you'll notice there, the Lord said, didn't, stop, you show off. Stop. God's desire is for every one of us to be successful. God's desire for every one of us is to be productive here on the earth. But if you'll notice here, it just doesn't happen. I've got to use the talents and abilities that God's given me. And again, God's given every one of us something. Well done, good and faithful servant. Listen to this. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. So you know what God did? God promoted him. Not fair, God, it's not fair. Don't get mad at what other people are getting because you don't know what they've done to get it. And if I read this correctly, I live in the same blessing line that you do. So I celebrate, man, I'm looking and say, well done, way to go, way to go. When you get promoted, I don't go into my office and sling books around and say, that's not right, God, I didn't get promoted. I love the thought that God still blesses people. So real quickly, he goes to the two. He had produced two. But real, real quickly, verse 24, then he had received the one talent, came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man to please, reaping where have you not sown and gathering where have you not set scattered seed. And I was afraid and I went and hid your talents in the ground. Look there, have what is yours. So you know what you see here? The guy wasted his opportunities. He wasted his talents. 
But his Lord answered and said to him, now listen to this real close. You wicked and lazy servant. A lazy servant has lazy faith. Maybe we need to pick up the pace. Maybe we need to ask God to stir that up within us. That I live with the persistence. I live with the diligence. You know, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, we're to walk by faith. You know what walk means? You got to get your feet moving. You got to do something. It doesn't mean just sit and do nothing. You must walk by faith and not by sight. So how are we doing with all this? Faith is never simply a feeling, but it involves your, your, your feet. It involves movement. Where I get to a place where I read the Bible and I say, okay, Father God, this is what your word tells me to do. Now I must act on it. I must act. God says pray. Do I ever pray? Why don't you stand up? You know, I believe you're all people of the Bible. You wouldn't be here on a Wednesday night. But I look at things in the Bible at times and I, I scratch my head and I think I hadn't done very well in that. God says lay hands on the sick and they would recover. But do I believe the word of God enough to do that? To act on that? I mean, it's amazing how many things within the Bible that we look at, but I can get over where I have lazy faith. And so I believe that God's saying, stir, stir. Now, real quickly, bow your head here with me. Even you who are watching my live stream. So, Father God, we ask right now that you would touch our hearts. Whatever area in our life, whether we're to plant, we're to water, Lord, I know it's you. But right here on the earth, you've always used mankind. You used the Elijahs to the Elishas. You used the Ruths to the Hannahs. And you still use people, Father God, to advance your cause. And Lord, again tonight, I pray you stir within right here. Stir within us to be good stewards of the word of God. Grace us to use the gifts and the talents you've given us for your glory. And Lord, I pray tonight, stir, stir. And if we have lazy faith, Lord, wake us up. And if that's you, just raise your hand, that's me, Lord. I need to wake up. Wake me up, Lord. Wake me up in the inner man. Get me going again. Stir up. Stir up heaven within me tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.